Welcome to Saturday Strategy, the business show for the small and mighty. This is your host, Johnny Themans. Hello and welcome to this third edition of Saturday Strategy, the podcast for business owners who want to cut the crap and get the answers. I'm Johnny, I'm your host, and thank you again so much for joining us. Today, we have yet another great expert guest, Nick Majerison, who's going to talk to us about how to use the spoken word to get your message across in digital media. And particularly, we're talking here about podcasting. Now, Nick's been really helpful for us in the development of this project. So if you've got any content that you share, particularly online, um, I'm talking here about a blog, really a blog or a newsletter, then this episode is really for you. Um, You'll hear the passion that Nick's got, but also some of the really useful information and insights about how and why this might be something that you should be considering. The Saturday Strategy Podcast is a pilot project to develop the way we bring helpful information to you. And as such, it's a resource for you. So if you have any thoughts or ideas, we'd love to hear from you so we can continue to craft and refine it we've got lots of information in today's episode so as always remember if you're driving or just getting on with other stuff you can always find the notes on our website or better still subscribe to the saturday strategy weekly email news update well we've got something really quite special today we're going to be talking about um, how we can use the power of the spoken word um, as a as a different medium for communicating our message. We're used to writing things down or putting things out onto leaflets or printed materials to try and get our message across. But one of the mediums that seems to be uh, really t- taking a grip seems to be podcasting, and and that's part of the inspiration for Saturday Strategy Podcast that we brought together. We've been getting some support um, to get this project off the ground from Nick Majerison. Nick is a seasoned broadcasting professional. He's worked on pretty much every commercial, uh, major commercial um, radio group. He's worked with uh, BBC Network Radio, notable stations, LBC, Kerrang, BBC. He's worked in TV through controversial TV, which broadcast through Sky and uh, That's TV Manchester, That's TV um, Oxford and other various uh, iterations of That's TV. But more recently, and I think this is where where we're interested to hear what Nick's got to say, is he's been working with commercial organisations to help harness the power of the spoken word through the medium of podcast and using that to support their wider communication strategy. Hello, Nick. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Johnny, great to be on the podcast. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. Um, I hope you're going to give me some critique on my on my style there, giving some feedback later on, I'm sure. But for the time being... Um, Nick, we're, uh, we're, I think I think people are interested to, to hear about this type of thing and to understand how this can be used to support um, a, a business's strategy. What do we What do we need to know about podcasting? First of all, what is a podcast? Can we start right back at the basics? Well, this is one of my favourite little facts, and pod is actually an acronym. It means publish on demand. So a podcast is uh, something that is published on demand. So we don't waste any resources. <laughs> the people that download it wanted to hear it in the first place. So that's that's actually key to understanding the medium, really. But yeah, that's what podcasting is: publish on demand. And the term broadcast is probably a bit of a, a misleading term, isn't it? Because we're, we're not actually broadcasting, are we? So what you're hinting at there is called narrow casting. Yes. The interesting thing about narrow casting, I think it was Ricky Gervais in an interview actually. Uh, put this over really well. He said, whatever it is you're really interested in, if you do something about that, content about that, and you have a global audience, 
the size of your of your audience is is massive. So you do a podcast about fishing. Now, if you do that on I don't know, if you do that on Radio One or LBC or Kerrang Radio or whatever, it's not going to be a big hit. Um, but if you do that online, fishing I think is the most uh, most part the biggest participatory sport in the UK. Yep. And you get a huge audience in the UK alone, but then globally you get a massive audience. And that's interesting because you can monetize that. So once you've hit a certain level, uh, even though it was quite a niche concept, you can start to monetize, yeah, quite niche things. What, what, are, what are the various formats that we would be thinking of and, and which is perhaps most appropriate for us commercially? That's a good question. So this is an ongoing debate, and I suspect it will continue to blaze away you know uh, for time immemorial how long the ideal podcast should be but broadly speaking it used to people used to say it would be 40 minutes uh, which is the average time of a commute however as the audience is getting more uh, discerning i would say for a kind of a commercially viable podcast you need to be aiming for around about the 30 minute mark because that's the average time of a commute uh, to work so when i started doing podcasting 10 years ago it was absurd to think anyone would ever listen to it in the car, right? So I used to make these elaborate podcasts that were great fun to make and probably really fun to listen to in the middle of the night as you're dropping off to sleep. It never occurred to me that this medium would move into the um, the sacred territory of uh, breakfast and drive time listening. So back to my, just to explain that, back to my world of being a radio presenter. The two key areas were the breakfast show and the drive time show, because that's when people are listening to the radio in the car. Now that podcasting is taking that market, the radio industry is crumbling before people's ears. Uh, I mean, I don't know where I where I am from uh, locally. The radio station has shut down. It's been bought by one of these big conglomerates. It doesn't really exist anymore. It's just a feed from London of people talking about what's going on in London. The whole local radio industry is collapsing. It's vanishing. And part of that, I believe, is because the podcasting medium is eating into that key area, the breakfast show, which was the biggest show on the radio station, and then the drive time show, which was generally the second biggest show. Mm. And I suppose it's happening on the national radio as well, isn't it? That we've got BBC Sounds. So I'm in, I'm in the middle of listening to Tunnel 29, which is a fantastic BBC drama, but I missed it. Mm. I missed it live. So I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it, I suppose, what we might call catch up, but I'm taking, I'm consuming it as a, as a podcast through the sounds app. Well, that's right. Consumers have now been, uh, you know, audio consumers, let's say that rather than radio consumers. Yeah. Audio consumers have been trained to expect that any content that they hear on the radio will necessarily be replicated online. That's not always the case, by the way, but people assume that that's going to be the case. Mm. And so that's, that's a disaster for um, live radio. I mean, it's just, ruining it because the idea that you're going to listen to adverts and stuff like that becomes more and more mercurial and also the idea of appointment to listen stuff uh, is kind of crumbling away really because why make an appointment to listen when they can you know you know the mountain does come to muhammad Johnny, that's what happens. You, you, can, you can just decide when you want to listen to your stuff because it's published on demand rather than published when they choose and you have to turn up uh, and be there on time okay okay amazing so so you've convinced me that's great so tell me about producing a message um via via the spoken word as opposed to the written word or on video um etc why why is this medium so 
I, well, I suppose we can do it in all media, can't we? But why, why particularly the, the spoken word? Why does that work? So to loop back on my little history, what happened is I was working in radio and then as radio was having difficulties, I started doing a bit of work in television and I'd always done a little bit of television on the side. But and no one believed me when I worked in radio that I preferred radio as a medium. Uh, and they would all assume if you were working on the radio that you'd love a job on the telly. But that was not true for a certain, well, quite a large number of radio presenters. Most radio presenters that, that were really good, in my opinion, fell in love with the medium. And there's something about the spoken word that, that can cut through more deeply than any other media. Because you can have a moment where you're hearing a conversation and you're there. So there was a, a friend of mine who kind of taught me how to do speech radio. Uh, he used to say, good radio is you, a microphone, and a chair. The chair is optional, and if you can get rid of the microphone, you've cracked it. The point being that you're suddenly inside people's heads. There's something so powerful about that that it, I can talk about it for hours. It's something that absolutely fascinates me. And it's about that relationship that you have with your audience. So I remember noticing when I did TV work, people that I met who knew me off the television, so to speak. And I was never a high-profile television presenter, but I met a couple of people who'd seen me on the telly. They had a fundamentally different relationship with me to the people who would listen to my radio show. The people who'd listen to my radio show would say things like, oh, you know, how are you getting on with your girlfriend? Or what's happened with your new car or whatever? They'd engage with me as if I was a friend. Whereas people who approached me and see me on the television, fundamentally different relationship. It was kind of, um, it was less friendly. It was... Um, less less i didn't really enjoy that kind of that kind of relationship there's as if i was on a stage or there was an expectation there was something special about me and it didn't it was made for very uncomfortable moments for me and i think it's something to do with that that blaring screen and you know when you're on telly you need to look good and you've got to have your suit on and all that kind of stuff whereas when you're talking on the radio all that nonsense goes away or you know what color you are you know how how fat you are you know whatever or you know whether your hair looks cool or whatever you know it might even be the case that i had a big spot on my nose once and makeup spent ages mm. trying to clean it out you can still see it on the screen and it puts people off you know they end up looking at it and think oh, why has he not sorted that spot i wonder what's wrong with him maybe he's poorly etc you get an internal monologue going that that internal monologue that i'm talking about that voice that goes oh why has he got a spot on his nose that's a bit strange that's not present in a good podcast because you are that internal monologue you are that person's internal thought process. So you can cut through loads and loads and loads of nonsense. Whereas for me, the television, in fact, the use of a screen full stop is a barrier to that connection. So that's what's so fascinating about podcasting is we can now go, right, what kind of message do we want to get across? How are we going to do it? Well, let's do it with a conversation with experts. And another beauty of it is you can have someone who's not very telegenic, who's a little bit perhaps nervous of having a camera in their face and stuff like that. You can have them sit down and open up and speak to you, like some of the interviews you've done, uh, where people really give you great, great conversation and insight because they're relieved of the pressure of, of what they look like and, you know, is their face twitching in the wrong way or whatever. Podcasting gets you closer to something that's really important and real. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's probably worthwhile just talking about <clears throat> some of the other barriers. I mean, first of all, I'm I'm speaking here on a uh, on a very cheap to set up studio. I've got a, I've just got a really good quality mic. I've got a pet, set of headphones. I've got a tiny bit of software on my uh, on my computer. Um, I've got a Skype account. So I think my total investment here 
is somewhere well it's sub 100 pounds I, I do have a second mic i can set up so we've got a total quite quite good quality setup here for sub 200 quid yeah yeah that's which, the beauty of it yeah which is which is pretty impressive isn't it for, for being able to start start um you know broadcasting and putting stuff out um one of the things i think i've sort of valued i mean, I mean I'm, I'm still feeling very you know um, apprehensive about this i'm still finding my feet which is which is you know that's that's i think natural for anything that's new um but one of the things that helps with that is is a bit of training and and coaching i think the you know the the media coaching is a is a is a thing i didn't even know existed <laughs> this isn't a plug for you nick but uh, you know it's, it's something you do i know there's a lot of other people do it but just i'll tell you what i'll give you i'll give you the piece of advice that was most helpful to me you just said get out of your own way johnny why don't you tell us a little bit about that type of thing and and the and the benefits of media coaching and and what that can mean to an individual who's thinking i'd like to have a sensible conversation with somebody that might be useful for my prospects how do we how do we use media coaching for that so if you work as a as a presenter which was my main um main income uh, when i was working in uh, media uh, you you can also transfer those skills to other people because there are certain techniques that you use when you're constructing uh, a decent sort of audio presentation uh, that you learn along the way or that you that you're taught. And so I've been transferring those to people for about I don't know maybe five six years something like that. Okay. And the bottom line with a lot of it uh, is that there are little nuggets that you pick up during your presenting career which, yeah, really can make sense to people. So when you're coaching someone, uh, which I do quite a lot now, but it, it's not very good as a plug because time-wise, I can't fit anyone else in. But <laughs> <laughs> but, but the, uh, the way in which it works is that a good coach will take what already exists and will then try to enhance the best parts of the presenter and who they are already. Yeah. And they won't get their... Uh, get too worried about some of the things that are going to be tricky to solve but aren't that big of a deal so you have to have a list of priorities in your mind about what is the what are the most important qualities of a radio show uh, or in this instance a podcast and for me one of the most important qualities has to be that you always speak one-to-one you speak to your single listener it's like i was saying before with television the problem for me with television is there's a barrier there. You are aware there are lots of other people watching the television. There might even be people in the room watching the television with you. It's more of a communal thing. Whereas the spoken word is direct and it's personal. And so when you speak, and this is to anybody in podcasters listening, you always you always talk one-to-one. So you say, uh, hello, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm glad you could you know tune into the program or download the program or whatever. But it wouldn't be, hello, everyone out there. Hello, all my listeners that kind of stuff because what you're doing there is you're putting a putting unnecessary barriers in the way of of you and your listener and, and you're making it about you yeah i mean really like i say your aim should be to become the internal monologue of your listener mm. and then you become a friend and you become the company uh, that your listener turns to when they want some company so that's really important one-to-one communication so it's never hello you guys out there mm. it's hello the listener but then the other thing the thing you're referencing there get out of your own way when you do any form of performance, your internal monologue will start to react and comment on what you're doing. But by the time you're doing the performance, it's best to forget about that. Leave that and just crack on with what you're doing. Don't analyze and edit uh, whilst you're actually making the content because then 
you, you can't do it. You keep stuttering, worrying about what you're saying, editing yourself and having a problem. So getting out your own way is a, is a key part, I think, of pretty much any form of performance. You okay. need to step back. Okay, so the key question, can anyone do this? Well, that is a good question. And before I was too busy to accept new clients, my answer would have been yes. And I, and I still believe it is a yes uh, to that one. However, I think if someone's going to attempt this, they, they have, to, have to come at it from uh, a responsible angle. Because I have heard some podcasts where you think, oh, they could have done with a bit of advice there. Hmm. So, yes, anyone can do it. But you probably might need to get a little bit of advice and a little bit of thought about it. Don't just dive in and, and start doing it because that, that can actually be a little bit damaging in the, in the long term. So, for example, a friend of mine came along and spoke to me recently, and uh, this wasn't for a fee, it was a, a school friend who's looking to start doing it, and he had an idea for a podcast, and we had a little chat about it, and I said, the thing is, what you've got to think to yourself is, would my kids be all right listening to that 10 years from now, five years from now? And it, and it made him rethink his, his plan, and now he's come up with a slightly better plan for a podcast. Yeah. You have to remember is that this content is on the world wide web. Anyone can hear it and will hear it uh, and they will probably hear it you know if it's controversial or anything like that that's fine but be aware of the uh, consequences of that so podcasting strangely brings a form of fame to you a lot quicker uh, than than the radio would just because of social media the interconnectedness of your social network it'll end up on your social network quickly is what i'm saying yeah okay now, Nick, I know that uh, there's one particular project you're, which is probably absorbing sort of 75% of your time at the moment. And I, and I quite like this one because it's just give us a, a we, we haven't got a lot of time left, but just give us a tiny overview of that. I think it'd be helpful to, to give it as a case study of how this can work. Great. OK, yeah. So this is an example of narrow casting in its purest form uh, directed towards you know, an altruistic purpose, really, is something that's going to improve people's actually save lives and, and stop people from uh, getting harmed during operations. It's a podcast called Top Med Talk, and it's focused on a style of medicine called perioptive medicine. And what perioptive medicine is, is that you have the same team and the same people involved uh, in the operation, and uh, they take it from, from the beginning of the operation all the way through till about six months towards the end. You get prehabilitated before you have your operation, and uh, it's a lot more complicated than that, but it, it basically it's a form of uh, medicine that I believe in, uh, having listened to uh, quite a lot of this uh, content now on Top Med Talk. And what's happening is that they're kind of advocating a way of doing safe medicine. Uh, they're campaigning against uh, things like opioid use. I don't know if you're familiar with the opioid yep. crisis in America. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's fronted by uh, Professor Monty Mython. And uh, Desiree Chapel as well, who's an American presenter. And it's a truly global podcast. So uh, we get, you know, quite a significant audience from Australia, uh, Canada. Most parts of the English-speaking world now are engaging with this product. But here's the interesting thing. Those people that are engaging uh, with the product are medical professionals. Because uh, Professor Monty Mython is very highly respected world renowned uh, as, a, as a medic and so they want to hear what he's got to say about how to do perioperative medicine uh, professionally and correctly and safely and then he is speaking to other people who are equally uh, well known in that field and what it's doing is we've now got this nice big chunky audience of people all of whom are medical professionals 
Now, that's a, fascin- that's a fascinating opportunity, uh, first of all, for people who want to speak to that field of uh, people, because these guys, they're, they're getting into the car. I mean, you know, I'm not going to name drop those, some of the medics and people that are listening, but they're very influential people. They get into the car, they get a briefing off this podcast. They pop it on 10, 15 minutes in the car as they drive in uh, to work. And a hugely influential audience. So if you want to communicate with the medical community who are interested in perioperative medicine, then Top Med Talk is absolutely getting that locked down now. And it's been fascinating to watch the evolution of the people who are presenting as well. So uh, Professor Monty Mytham was quite a natural broadcaster when he started uh, doing it. Uh, but now it's got to the point where, in my opinion, he's kind of Radio 4 level um, presenting. And then Desiree Chapel, who, again, started off a bit rough and ready uh, when we started doing it. Uh, but had a kind of a natural talent, the sort of person I would have put on a breakfast show when I first met her and, you know, see how she does there as, as a co-presenter. She's now got to the point where she's a strong lead presenter who can handle topics that may be slightly outside of, of her field of expertise on occasion because obviously medic, medical stuff is a huge field. Uh, but when she does that, she now knows, has the techniques to get the correct um, answers out of the out of the interviewees. So it's been fascinating to watch their evolution hand in hand with a growing audience. And um, yeah, Top Med Talk is something I'm really passionate about. Sorry, I'm ranting away about it here, but I absolutely yeah. love brands. So we- tell me, tell me how, how do they make money? Right, okay. So the way in which they're making money is, first of all, started off with uh, an altruistic donation to get it off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you say, the, the cost of getting these things off the ground isn't, isn't that high at first. Um, but now what we do is we get supported by um, industry partners to turn up to conferences where, um, for want of a better term, we journalize these conferences. So huge conferences uh, in medicine, in anesthesia, and those kinds of things happen around the world, and they're a big deal because a lot of people want to speak to this audience whose ears we have, like I say, every morning. We attend these conferences, we interview all the key players, all the major speakers, and then our listeners have a chance to kind of go to the conference even though they didn't get a ticket. And which, which, which is the majority of people involved with perioperative medicine and anesthesia. Exactly. So yeah. these conferences are, are, are a hot ticket. However, if you want to hear those talks, there is an opportunity through Top Med Talk to hear the talks and also to hear interviews that have been done with the speakers that happen kind of off the stage, if you see what I mean. Mm. And then when we're at the conference, we can boost the conference with our presence uh, if, they, if they can support us to do that. By having things like, one of the things we have is we have, uh, you've seen those in Glastonbury where they all wear headphones, so there's no noise, but you see people just dancing around and it's silent disco, it's called. Yes. Right? So silent disco technology, one of the things we do at a conference is we have people, they pop their headphones on and they can walk around and sort of listen to Top Med Talk radio in a sense, in that we're streaming content to them on these headphones. We're also having live podcasts being recorded that people can tune into on these headphones if they want to and i think sometimes they pop a bit of music on it as well so the point being that we can we can make these conferences bigger by having media coverage in the same sense that you know the glastonbury festival would have radio one would turn up and and, you know make it bigger and put it on telly and stuff there's a certain sense you get when you're at a conference if you've got the media there that it's pretty special and exciting and it's a win-win as well because our audience get great content from it they get to hear these people talking and uh and hearing what we're doing so like i say industry partnerships to bolster conferences uh, and then uh, other industry partners who 
absolutely get no editorial control whatsoever, uh, but they but they contribute to what we're doing because they want to be associated with the brand. So it's been a very, very interesting uh, ride in that respect. But I'll, I'll tell you one thing. When I worked in commercial radio with, with journalists and stuff like that, they'd always talk about how there was no influence from, uh, you know, from advertisers or anything like that. And that was, that was often true. Uh, whereas academics, oh boy, that you can't. There's nothing you can do to influence them, right? <laughs> they yeah. will say exactly what they want to say. Uh, so that's been interesting as well, because I think that's that's been so so much easier than uh, anyone would have anticipated. Academics will not say anything other than what they want to say. <laughs> Brilliant. So Nick, thank you very much. I think we're 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 pretty much out of time, actually. So um, that's that's really flown by. Um, thank you very much for uh, for coming on and sharing. Um, I think your passion for for the for the spoken word and and the medium of podcasting, but also giving us an insight into how perhaps this can be used within business. I, my view on it is is um, it may not be right for now for for your business um, at home there or wherever you're listening, but uh, it, it's a little bit like maybe Facebook. Uh, you might have thought 15 years ago, or any social media, you might have thought 10 years ago, oh that social media that's never going to be right for my business, but it's pretty much right in some shape or form for most businesses to some degree now. Um, but this may be one of those media that we need to keep an eye on. Nick, um, I know you say you're, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're flat out and stuff, but how, how can people contact you if they wanted to, uh, to, to, to just to reach out and say hi? Sure. Yeah. I'm always available for a chat. Like I say, very busy. So I'm not really accepting any new clients at the moment, but always available for a chat is Nick at topmedtalk.com. Right. <laughs> thanks very much. That's it again for this edition of Saturday Strategy. Thank you again so much for sticking with us to the end. Our aim is for this to be useful for you. So if you've got feedback, please let us know and we'll take it on board and continue to develop the project. Contact me directly. Uh, You'll find me pretty easily on LinkedIn by searching for Johnny Themans. If you're into Twitter, you can find Saturday Strategy or if all that fails, you can reach out on WhatsApp using 07977-437-360. And that's my personal mobile number. Thank you again until next time. And remember, if you want more of this, subscribe to the Saturday Strategy email newsletter. <laughs>